drama, comedy, two sides of the same coin. Riverdale wasn't just a teen dramedy, it was a study in teenage angst, yearning, and nostalgia. They didn't know it when they started on their journey, but Macintosh and Maude were on their way to a newfound obsession. Macintosh and Maude's chocolate shop was open for business. Riverdale, Season 1, Episode 3, Chapter 3, Body Devil. After Archie and Cheryl open up to the sheriff, Betty asks Jughead to cover the case with a school paper, and Veronica tangles with Jock Chuck. Alright, so are you ready for my one minute recap? Alright, let's do it. Here we go. Jughead's writing a novel, Jason's still dead, Archie has sex with Grundy, but they can't tell anybody, Jason hurt Polly, Jason got murdered, and Cheryl is guilty? <laughs> Very nice. There we go. So we start off, Jughead's waxing poetic. Life, death, guilt, innocence. Good, evil, <laughs> barf. And um, we go into, Cheryl's in the room with the sheriff and uh, Principal Weatherby, and she, she says, now, I, I want to be clear, I'm not guilty of Jason's murder. Mm -hmm. I'm guilty of lying about what happened on the 4th. And so, dun, dun, dun. and so she actually reveals less of the details. The sheriff really reveals most of it. And she just, you know, he says, well, okay, we put the date of death at, a, at about July 11th. Mm -hmm. So it's been a week. It was a week after the 4th that he died. And Cheryl tells us her side, her real side of the story. She doesn't know what happened after the 4th. Jason wanted to get away from his family. He faked an accident with the boat so mm -hmm. that nobody would come looking for him, and she was supposed to keep the story. And once he was safely away from his parents and everyone, he was supposed to call her mm -hmm. and never did. And she doesn't know why. Nope. And, and not only does she not know why, but she has nobody that knows about it and can corroborate her story. Yeah, so the sheriff starts getting a little intense with her. And... <laughs> I mean, I, I sort of put it as, in this in this fictional world, he's got reason to be suspicious. Yeah. But, again. Not again, but... She's a minor. Yeah. This, the, the way he's talking to her should not be happening. No, I get it. it but, you know, it's, it's fictional TV world. So I if understand. She, if she were a grown-up... Right? Yeah. If she were a grown-up person, then one of the things that we would see here is that, look, she has no corroborating witnesses. She's got no evidence to do. And she was the only person to be seen with him last. Mm -hmm. So it makes the only sense... It, it, it only makes sense that she would be the prime suspect. Well, once she lets it slip that they heard a gunshot... And the sheriff's like, this is the first we're hearing about this. Like, you're just telling us this? And she tries to reason away with like I was in shock I was upset and he's like oh you were so upset that you were singing and dancing at a pep rally the and, next day and then right about that time her parents barge in the door yeah and shut it down like immediately yeah uh, so Cheryl's parents names are Penelope and Clifford and Penelope is you know grabbing uh, Cheryl and saying why didn't you why didn't you call us why didn't you come and get us and Clifford is just kind of pushing him out the door. He's like, because she's a liar, Penelope. So clearly there's some there's some family dynamic here that are not great. Something. Um, okay. And uh, as she's as they're leaving, Arch we see Archie looking on. You see his black eye. And He's kinda like, What? Yeah. He's it's just a this is not what I was ready for. Yeah. I was prepared to go in here and tell my story and then something else happened. Quick note, when Cheryl's telling her story, she says that they got out of the boat on the Greendale side. Uh-huh. Greendale is where Sabrina Spellman is from. Uh, Sabrina of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I, oh, oh my gosh. If we have a Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Please let there be a wicked girl named Sabrina. I need, I need that in my life. But if like she actually does magic, they will have officially jumped the shark on this show. Not if she's just wicked. Well, or they do a spinoff and we reveal she has real magic powers. Which I, is entirely I, likely. I think it's likely that they will be doing some spinoffs. I feel like them. I've already heard Sabrina the Teenage Witch was getting done. There, okay, so there was the original Sabrina the Teenage Witch with Melissa Joan Hart, which I totally watched all the time. Yeah, it was fun. It was cute. Cheesy, but that was part of the The cat was the best part of the show. Oh, he was amazing. 
Um, but there, there was talk that they were going to reboot that uh-huh. with Melissa Joan Hart playing, I think, one of the aunts. Uh-huh. Which would be, that'd be fine. Um, but this... This would be a completely different direction for Sabrina, which would be cool. I mean, I mean, would it, or would it just be a rehash of Buffy? It'd be a little more Buffy-esque, but that could be cool. Yeah. With, the witch, with it being more witchcraft, that's a whole different thing. Title screen, Riverdale. Mm-hmm. So, next thing we show up is Alice walks into Betty's room and drops off the newest news article. With the headline, Cheryl Blots- Blossom, guilty as sin. And uh, Betty's appropriately weirded out by how much coverage her mom is giving this story. Yeah, she yells, Mom, you need to stop sensationalizing this horrible thing. Whatever Jason did to Polly, he's still a person. And, le- and also, I mean, we've hinted at it this whole time, but this makes it very clear. Alice is covering this story for the Riverdale... What's the name of the River Rail, Rail, uh, Riverdale Register, okay. which apparently her and her husband, Hal, so both Petty's parents, they own the newspaper. Right. So they run this paper. Yeah, whatever Jason did to Polly, he's still a person. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, then she she kind of goes on about how what her mom should be investigating um, instead of you know just talking, you know just focusing on yeah, the blossom. Yeah, there's all this stuff. And then also, hey, a kid is dead. Like, are we not gonna talk about that? Yeah. And Alice just gives the general line again of you know, hey, look, we got to do we we print what sells. And I was just like, you know, why don't you come work with your father and me? We could use a real Lois Lane type. Just kind of a Smallville reference. Eye roll. Yeah, it's definitely an eye roll. Anyway, Archie goes to the principal's office and Archie's gonna confess. Oh, after he watches uh, Miss Grundy play the cello for a little bit. Again. Through the window. It's really creepy. It's so bad. It's gross. It feels gross. But, um... (laughs) Archie's uh, Archie's spilling the beans, and he he goes in and he says, "I, I was there, and I heard the gunshot." Mm-hmm. Or or first he says, "They're saying that Cheryl is talking about a gunshot. I heard it too." Mm-hmm. And so, uh, Sheriff Keller goes, "Were you by yourself?" Archie says, "No," and we don't know what he's going to say for a little bit. We have some flashback he, sequences. Oh yeah, it's a flashback of him and Miss Grundy, and she says to him, "Let's make it a Fourth of July. You'll never forget." Let's just leave it here. She's playing it like it was a porno. She is porno acting, and I and so I read a thing. Please let that be her backstory that she's a porno a, a porn star. Oh my god, that would be amazing. But like, oh, that was somebody that. put out a somebody put out an article. I found one on Polygon. Maybe we'll link to it in the show notes. But they went into the expli- the the real real problems behind showing this type of relationship on screen, and in many ways they bring it up is that. It's one thing to have a teacher-student relationship and then really dive around those dynamics. Mm-hmm. They quoted another CW show that did this recently and actually got into the real issues behind that and the shame that comes from that. Mm-hmm. Um, because there is a huge amount of shame for guys who get assaulted by their teachers. And they can't talk about it because everybody expects them to not feel bad. But it's still just as shameful as any assault on anyone. Yes. And um, this, what they have done thus far, and they say, you know, we're not through this yet, so we don't know where the story's going to go. But right now, they're playing it as literally just this hot, steamy romance. And that's totally not cool. (laughs) Yeah, it's not good. And it doesn't help that she's bad acting all over the place. Or porn acting, one of the two. We don't, we don't, we can't really It's not good. I know. Um, So I just, I, I found that interesting, like, finding that little article that really dove into what the real problem is here. It's not that you shouldn't have this on screen. It's that the way they're doing it is just so gross. It's just sensationalizing it. Yeah. Instead of, yeah. Instead of actually getting well, any they, real... They they do get into... I've, I don't know exactly where I've seen it, per se, but I know they talk about it more when it's a male teacher and a female student. Yeah. How bad it is, but it's always... I mean, yeah. And it's one of these things where... It's not good. It's 2017, and this is a perfect time. I don't know. We'll, we'll link to that article, though, because it's pretty good. Um, but he lies about Grundy and uh, just says, you know... He's it, with his dog. Vegas. That's it. 
So we're in the common room that we've been in before, mm -hmm. and we're talking about suspects. Everybody's chatting, and uh, everybody's asking Kevin because you know your dad's the sheriff. Like, what what does he yeah. have to say? Kevin says, "My dad says we're we're all suspects, even me." And Veronica and, rightfully points out, like, I ain't a suspect. I mean, I don't know these people. I don't know any of these people. I, I just got here. And uh, Keller's like, should we re-bench Making a Murderer on Netflix? Full disclosure, we have not finished Making a Murderer. No. We got bored. Bored slash it was so much information to try to take in. I feel like if we watched it, if we, if we took it in bite size over time, it'd be a lot easier to digest. Hmm. I think we tried to throw ourselves into it, and it was Fair. hard. <laughs> Fair. Um, but, uh, you know, they actually do talk about getting together after school, and Betty says, no, she's busy doing some reporting, so yep. she's taking her mom's advice, mm -hmm. and Veronica has a date. With Chuck Clayton. Chuck Clayton is the new kid. He's the coach's son, so if you remember from season, the first episode... episode. A new football coach, yeah. Coach Clayton's son, and um, Betty Betty warns Veronica's like, you know, are you sure about this? He's kind of a player, and Kevin Keller retorts with, but he's the hottest of the hot. He's like the Riverdale equivalent of dating a Kennedy. Well, and before that, he even goes, "Who cares?" Yeah. <laughs> so um, that's uh, that gives an idea of of what's up with Veronica. So we cut to a dark, musty room with a bunch of blankets over computers and things like that. And Jughead's in the doorway and says, if print journalism is dead, what am I doing here? Mm. And Betty... Betty calls him Juggy. Mm -hmm. She wants him to come write for the blue and gold, which is what the, the school, school paper. paper. Um, and uh, she asks him, you know, you're writing a book. And he goes, yeah, it's Riverdale's In Cold Blood. And she reminds him that in Cold Blood started out as a bunch of articles. She's like, and so, you know, he's like, would I have complete freedom? She's like, well, I'm going to edit and suggest and maybe offer things here and there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, you know, it's your voice and your story. And Jughead goes, that doesn't sound like total freedom to me. But okay. okay. So, I mean, Betty, Betty makes the case plain. She's like, I just want to know what happened. I want to know what happened. I want to figure this out. Because something happened here, and nobody's willing to figure it out. And I know you will. Yeah. And so Betty brings up, there's one person who is there that nobody's talking to. And Jughead's like, Dalton Doyle and his, and his scouts. I said snacks. What the hell? Scouts. Scouts. And so... Betty's like, yeah, go talk to him. And as Jughead's walking away, he does that little nose wipe. Yep. With something's on the nose. And it's just cute. It's just sweet. So, sidebar here. I, uh, I saw this the other day. The rest of this cast is five years younger than Cole. That is nuts, because he looks way more baby-faced than anybody else. I know, else. and he's 25. And everyone and else is about 20. Everyone's about 20. That's, that's real, that surprises me. I can't believe Ben Geller is 25 years old. <laughs> He'll always be Ben Geller to me. Or the kid from Big Daddy who yells, I wipe my own ass. How much, how much money should we put down that Dylan's going to show up on the show before the end of it? No, because they don't really look as much alike. He can still show up as a character. That would be weird. You never know. It would be super weird. <laughs> it would. Dylan yeah. has super long hair, too. But on the other hand, it would be like the CW to figure that out, wouldn't it? I, I don't care. Anyway. I uh, think it's a gimmick for the sake of having a, a stupid gimmick, and it's not necessary. So in the first of several man Archie's not really good at hiding stuff moments this episode... Uh, Archie comes home, petting Vegas, and Dad walks in and said, um, so, uh, you were, uh, you were gonna, you went on a road trip with Jughead on the 4th. At least that's what you told me. Then I talked to Sheriff Keller today. So Dad knows. Yep. And Dad's like, you lied to me. Again. Mm -hmm. You keep lying to me. And he's like, why didn't you tell me? Archie goes, well, I didn't want to bother you. And his dad, dad says, says, you should have come to me, Archie. We could have gone together. Yeah, that was an error in judgment. Uh, and he's grounding him for two weeks. He's like, you wanted time alone with your music? Now you got it. Luke Perry is our new dad. I love, love Luke Perry. Oh, he's adorable. And Archie's totally acting like a 
Spoiled brat. Spoiled brat, little yep. teenager boy. Yep. Because he tries me. I'm not seven, Dad. I'm like, no, or not. I'm not. I'm 10. not ten anymore. Yeah, it's it's stupid. It's like don't. It's matter. also funny though, just imagining Archie, because you know that would be if Archie were at, acting like a bratty teenager, mm-hmm. because his dad would have done the stern lesson at ten years old. Yeah. Um, so we're outside the chocolate shop now. And Chuck and Veronica are taking selfies in the car, mm-hmm. and uh, they're they're having a conversation. Chuck's Chuck's pleasantly surprised by Veronica. It seems. Yeah, he he thought she would be more high maintenance, um, and then he asks her, you know, what she misses about New York. She says everything. It's exhausting being the new kid, and Chuck agrees. And he's like, imagine being um, the new kid when your dad is the new teacher and the new head coach. And then Veronica shows her cards. And she's like, you know, oh, you know, yeah, you're the captain of the football team, and you're, uh, you've got Ivy League aspirations, and uh, Chuck says something like, oh, you did your homework, and Veronica says, uh, Veronica is nothing if not an informed consumer. <laughs> and he says, oh, I want to have my hands full with you, and they start making out. Yep, they make out. That's all right, I mean. So, Archie <laughs> goes in and talks to Miss Grundy. Mm-hmm. And uh, Miss Grundy's freaking out. Why did you them, say something? Why did you say something to the police about a gunshot you heard when somebody got murdered? Mm-hmm. Again, just the logic here. It's so bad. And um, the 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 big climactic moment here is that she suspends lessons. Mm-hmm. What she, she do? She's not going to give him lessons anymore in music. So shameful. Oh. Okay. All right. So now we're back at school, mm-hmm. and Veronica's at her locker, and Betty says, how did the date go? And Veronica's like, whatever. He's all right. He's boring. I don't, he's not my type. He's not, she, bas- she basically implies that he's just not smart enough for her. Nope. Because, and that's, that's an interesting little, it's an interesting thing with Veronica is that I think everybody sees her as the, the quote-unquote bad girl but she's like i i like smarter dudes i'm not dumb she wants someone who can keep up with her yep because she's smart yep and now it's sticky maple time yeah all of us um some two girls walk by and they ask uh veronica how is your sticky sticky maple with chuck and she goes we had a sunday if that what that's what you hyenas mean <laughs> and then and then she gets her phone out and she sees that there is some sort of instagram Post. Everybody's phones are out. Everybody's phones go off, which is very Gossip Girl-like. Um, she's looking at this Instagram post. It's the picture that Chuck took of them that she approved of, but on it is this... Uh, it looks like there's maple syrup running down her face. So he's added something to it. Is it maple syrup? Well, the, the picture is using something that is supposed to be maple syrup, but it's definitely there to imply that that is semen. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey. It's it's just gross. It's gross. And she's like, this is slut shaming. And she goes, I'm neither a slut and I'm not going to be sh- shamed by somebody named, excuse me, Chuck Clayton. I will cut the brakes on his, his souped, souped up phallic symbol. That's, that's a great line. And so then Betty has the rational idea to go tell Principal Weatherby. <laughs> Or that she can expose him in the paper. Not as rational, Not, but I mean, whatever. Okay. But I, I just, I was like, oh, hey, look, Betty has common sense in this moment. Well, uh, <laughs> she's a little more even-tempered, and Veronica's, like, spoken like a girl who's never broken the rules. And she lays out the point and, and makes the, and lays out a pretty good reason for not doing that. And it's like, he's the golden boy. He's the captain of the football team. Mm-hmm. If I go, if I go do this, nobody's going to believe me, the new girl. Yeah. So she, and then she just lays in with Betty on... She's like, I make the rules, and on the rare occasion I break them. It's time to go full dark, no stars. It's a great line. It is, and well, it's, che- it's, it's super it, cheesy, but I... It's, I it's, it's, it's a great high school line. Let me leave it there. It, it, yeah, it's this, that's, it makes her point. But she, she's like, are you with me, Betty? And Betty's like, I uh, guess... Yeah. So, we go to commercial, and we come back, they barge into the locker room. Yes, where we get our Archie Andrew shirtless moment. <laughs> There's one every episode. And he's almost pantsless, because he almost loses his towel. <laughs> and freaks out. And Veronica totally brushes him off, but Betty's totally acting like a prude. She's and got like, her hands her up hand her face. Her hands over her face. It's, 
It's kind of adorable. Archie tries to convince him to go, and Veronica will not have it. And she just walks up and confronts Chuck. And Chuck said, you know, he's like, oh, B&V, which is our first B&V reference. And clearly, he's... He's being a dick. He he's a disgusting girls. garbage person. He invites the girls to ride the Chuck wagon. <laughs> Chuck wagon is not something you want to ride. <laughs> it's rough. Yeah. It's it's, it's not it's, it's not pleasurable. Bad. <laughs> and I love that he he goes this gross way and Betty tries to insult him and the best she can get out is you can't treat girls like this you you jerk. Yeah. <laughs> Which is just like that that's pretty good. She can't get a better insult than that. And then he puts out this line. He's like, I don't know what betas you were dealing with where you came from. He says, Hi, the, that high-toned bitch attitude may have worked on the betas you uh, dated in New York, but you're in bulldog territory now. Which, bulldog is the school mascot. Yeah. But I, I just go like... One of the guys starts barking at her, and then... That's... And I went, betas, really? You live in a tiny... Stupid town somewhere, and you're gonna call yourselves alpha males. It's big fish, small pond syndrome. I know. That's all it is. Whatever. So, we uh, we now flash over to the Adventure Scouts mm -hmm. and Dilton Doily, who is intense. <laughs> he is way too intense to be like 16, 17 years old. He's um like talking to them about how to protect themselves against, I guess, getting killed. I don't. I don't know. But Jughead shows up and he's like, I'm here to ask about the gunshot. Dilton decides to be condescending. He says, I didn't hear anything unusual. And so Jughead kind of leans on him. You didn't hear or you didn't see. I'll tell you what I told weird. Sheriff Keller. Yeah. And through this whole conversation, there's uh, one of the random scouts is kind of like getting nervous and looking at Well, he's at looking Jughead. over at Jughead and then quickly goes away when Jughead catches mm -hmm. his eye. And um, Dilton, you know, tries to play it off stupid with, you know, well... I saw this bird. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it's really lame and something's up. Well, it's lame, except that it's sinister lame. Well, yeah. It's... Like, Dilton's... <laughs> Dilton's effed up. <laughs> a little bit. Um... So, now we're in a classroom. God, this show cuts so fast it between cuts scenes. so often. So, I, we're just going to say every time, now, cut to. Pretty much. Uh, Cheryl, who wants to thank Archie. Yeah, she's like, if it weren't for you, uh, people would, still th would think I was lying with the gunshot. And, you know, it's like, I want to I wanna do you a favor. And Archie's like, please, I, I want you to understand, I didn't do it for anybody. I mean, he's, he's being earnest. He's like, yeah. I did it for me. And Cheryl says, save the aw shucks for Betty. <laughs> and she looks at him and she goes, nothing is off the table except for my body. <laughs> Which is gross. <laughs> and, it's uh, a gross statement. But Archie thinks about it for a second and goes, actually there is something. There is one thing. And immediately we're in a classroom. Mm -hmm. And in walks Josie McCoy. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, my girl Cheryl needs me to do her solid. So that's why I'm here. I don't know what you think you're going to be able to learn from me, but we've got a show at the Taste of Riverdale in a week, mm -hmm. and you can come to rehearsals and watch us and learn. You can watch us write songs. Mm -hmm. And Archie go and so she she walks out the door, and Archie goes, "Oh wait, this week I'm grounded." And Josie just death stares him. Like really? And he goes, "Well, right, right, not my problem. Sorry." <laughs> and Archie gets a big grin on his face. He's very excited. Because he's excited. He's going to get a chance. Her dress is too short. Uh-huh. And she's wearing high boots with heels. It's... Riverdale it, dress code is ridiculous. <laughs> all I'm going to say. Um, and so now we have the scene between um, Veronica and, and Hermione. Mm -hmm. And... It's, um, it's really short. Veronica's at home. She's sitting at the table. And she's reading the comments from the picture that Chuck posted. And she's crying. Yeah. And she doesn't want her mom to see her. Mom asks her how her date went. And, and her mom's like, getting ready for work, too. Yeah. And what does Veronica say about Chuck? Um, I mean, the, the number one, she says, you know, I like the way that boy looked. And she goes, the better they look, the worse they are. The more or rotten they are inside. The more rotten they are inside. The better they look on the outside, the more rotten they are on the inside. 
And her mom just kind of goes like, what does that mean? And then these Veronica's phone rings and it's Betty. She says, hey, I got to take this. And so she, we see her walking down the hall of school and she walks into the blue and gold offices and there are eight girls sitting around Betty. Yep. And Betty goes, I did some ask, digging. Ask around. You're not the only one who's had this problem with Chuck. And the person who speaks up is Ethel, who is played by Shannon Pulser. Who is Barb. Barb. That's right, guys. Barb from Stranger Things. Things. Yep. I was so excited. I was like, it's Barb. Yeah. Barb is here. Yeah, it's Barb. So, She's um, playing Ethel Muggs, mm-hmm. who is the Jughead equivalent in the comics. Okay. Um, but Ethel tells her, tells her, uh, her, what does Cheryl call it? Her oh. sordid origin story? Or her tragic, oh, her origin, tragic story. origin story? tragic origin story. Basically, Ethel says that she she's had some th- a problem with Chuck as well. She helped him in the library once with a... Calculus a Calculus problem. problem. And then he told everyone that um, she let him do sex stuff. Yeah, sex stuff. Sex stuff. Which, based on some other lines later on in this episode, we have to wonder what can and can't make it past the censors. It's so, like, how... Ex- are they? I mean, I, I get. You know, and maybe it was obvious words, but maybe it, it was a character choice with Ethel. No, but that seems dumb. It, it does seem dumb. Like why she's like, oh, he told everyone I gave him a blowjob. Well, that because, line is less stupid. And because the next line she says is that all the guys came over to her locker and they wrote sloppy seconds on her locker. Yeah, that sounds way grosser. Than I was like, <laughs> the, some of the censorship stuff for the CW doesn't make a whole lot of sense. No, I don't. I don't know where their line is. So Cheryl pops in and talks about, you know, your tragic, your tragic backstory mm-hmm. and just, and begins to continue the slut shaming. Yeah. Ethel mentions that they keep score and it's five guys on the football team. In and a playbook. She, in a playbook. And Cheryl is like, um, my brother had nothing to do with that. And she doesn't want her brother to be smeared. And, and then she makes another comment like, okay, River Vixens, we've got our are practice soon. I want you, your sluts better get ready. And I don't, she and Veronica start to argue. Yeah. And Cheryl gets in a couple of good lines. She, of, she refers to Veronica as Frida Shallow. And she also, I think she, when she's talking to Betty, Betty's just like, but we have proof. And she goes, proof of what, Nancy Drew? Oh, yeah, she has Nancy <laughs> Drew. That's also appropriate. But she also uses the phrase, and I, oh, this is enraging to me, especially as a, as a guy, that phrase, boys will be boys. Yeah, that's bullshit. Uh, no, they fucking won't. Boys, boys boys will be held accountable for their actions. Exactly. Boys do not get to write hurtful things and try to shame women in order to get their way. Women are not objects. No. And it's it's just disgusting mm-hmm. to hear. And and right and they and rightfully so, they're doing that with Cheryl for a reason. But it's just it's so enraging. Well, and Veronica gets up in Cheryl's face and is like, Call them sluts one more time. I'm not putting up with any more of these privileged miscreants. And and Which which just makes which is a good line. I like this was a scene where she goes up against Cheryl and it makes sense. Because she's pissed. And but Veronica does not get to use the word privilege talking about anybody else because she is <laughs> fucking privileged. Well, for the better I think the better point that Veronica drives home is like it doesn't matter who did what, mm-hmm. and and trying to bring the point home to Cheryl of it doesn't matter whether your brother did anything or not or would have tolerated this. If he was involved, it was wrong. But more, but moreover, what she's bringing the point home is there are eight girls sitting in front of us right now who are telling their stories, and it's all the same thing. You cannot get behind that. And it's the same thing with so many different things with sexual assault. Mm-hmm. When you have, and it shouldn't take that many people to believe, but when you have that many people coming forward to talk about bad behavior, mm-hmm. at some point, people have to get over their bullshit and investigate. Yep. And that's such a great point they bring up with mm-hmm. this. She's like, I don't care who did what to who and who we're trying to protect. This isn't okay. And you see, and you see some recognition with Cheryl in that moment. It it shuts her up. So, Jughead. Well, we cut to Pop's Chocolate Shop, and that Scout who was looking over Jughead earlier is having a milkshake. Mm-hmm. And Jughead pops over, grabs the cherry on top of the milkshake, 
and then starts grabbing the milkshake and eating it with a spoon Mm -hmm. and starts grilling him. Yep. And the scout just basically reveals that... um, It was Dilton who shot the gun and he's a hardcore survivalist. Which then I go, what the fuck? It's funny. (laughs) It's funny, but they are 16, 17. Hey. Columbine. Come yeah, on. I know. You, you May, and maybe that's you, where they're going you, you with get, him. Uh, I hope not, but well, maybe not that you, far. You but get to, you get to an age where you think you know everything. As yeah, a teenager, and you start thinking you're an adult, and you can make those types of decisions. Yeah. Anyway. So Archie is sneaking out the window to band practice mm-hmm. badly. He's so bad at it. He's so stupid. And I think that's the point. It comes up later, but. He's an idiot. So anyways, he goes to go to meet the Pussycats, and we meet Melody Valentine and Valerie Brown. And we met them when we first met the Pussycats. Yeah, they just didn't name them. them. But we, we, we have their their full names. Yeah. Um, I Well, they don't tell us Melody's last name. I looked that up. Oh, yeah. But, you know, we officially introduced the other Pussycats, and, you know, they're starting to talk, and Josie walks in and starts to shut things down. Well, she comes in and she's like, okay, Archie, what do you want? And he's just like, I, I want you all to play my songs and make them better. And Josie's like, you think you can write for divas of color? And she talks about how, you know, Riverdale is becoming um, more open-minded, but do you understand how much hate mail my mom got when she was elected mayor? And Archie tries to be like, I, I, I campaigned for, for her. your mom. And, and she's, she's like, no, no, no. No, you, no. you don't get it. And then gives the perfect line of, do you know why we're called the Pussycats? Because we have to claw our way into the same rooms that you just get to waltz into. Mm-hmm. And Melody tries to be like, okay, tone it down, Josie. And and Archie interrupts Melody and is like, no, I she's right. Absolutely. Which I, I really do. I know it could easily have been an eye roll moment, but it gives some context to how intense she was in that first episode, which was probably a bit much. But I also like that they've given her this framework for their work ethic and they've also given Archie the ability to be like y'all are right like I yeah absolutely well and it and it plays against that whole thing it it plays against the normal stereotype of a diva of color you know just just being just being as part of the stereotype of this person and it's it's instead framing it as like I'm tough because I have to be and I'm not gonna put up I'm not gonna put up with BS from you because you think you're such a good songwriter. Yeah. I've got my own baggage to deal with, and you better you better recognize that before we're even going to start working together. I hope they date later. Ooh, that would be fun. That would be interesting. That would be very would, interesting to go that would, on. That would, that would be interesting by, for a lot of reasons. So, um, you know, they, they keep going. We cut to, though... We're at the blue and gold offices, mm-hmm. and, and Ethel walks in, and she's got a guy with her, and she goes, "Hey, do you guys know Trev Brown? It's Valerie's brother, Valerie Brown, who we just met." Mm-hmm. And he says, "Oh, I used to play football, but I quit when I saw Chuck's playbook." So he knows about this playbook; it's real. And he says, "I think I know where they have it hidden, mm. or I think I know where it is." So now it's night; they've got flashlights, and they've broken into the school. And they get startled by Cheryl Blossom, who shows up. And she goes, well, color me impressed. A B&E with B&V. What would your holy roller mother say, Betty? <laughs> I mean, that's a great line. Quintessential, quintessential oh, Cheryl. It's pretty great. And um, then Kevin Keller's, Keller makes Well, they're, they're interrupting. It's like, what are you doing here, Cheryl? And then Kevin Keller says. And where did you get those thigh-high boots? They're amazing. <laughs> it's great. And so Cheryl's like, I decided I wanted to help you. And... Betty's like, well, how do we know you're not just going to try to derail the investigation? And Cheryl just looks at her and goes, get over yourself, Betty. It's yeah. perfect. It was like, it was like, hey, Cheryl is willing to help you guys out. Mm-hmm. Just leave it alone. <laughs> Ethel finds the playbook. And they weren't even hiding it. They it was just in a locker. Yeah. Uh, v takes a picture and they huh? start looking at the names. And uh, we see Veronica's name. She's the she's nine. the newest one. So she gets the new girl bonus, and Ethel says it's you know it's better than the big girl bonus, seven point five. Veronica's and, a nine. Yeah, Veronica was a plus nine, and Cheryl just like my brother wouldn't have anything to do with it. And Betty looks at it, and she sees Polly's name is in there. She goes, Polly's name's in there next to Jason. Yep. 
And Cheryl kind of takes stuff and she says, maybe, maybe I didn't know Jason. Um, well, first she, she says, it's like, but there's, there's no way. There's just no way he would have done that. And Betty, and Betty's like, it's right there, Cheryl. Mm-hmm. It's in the book. <laughs> yeah. And so we had to, we had to pause this. I noticed it the first time we watched the episode, but then later we went and paused it frame by frame. Polly's name is in there twice. Yes. Uh, the first time she gets nine points and it's next to Jason. And the second time we don't, we can't see who's claiming it, but it says Polly again, bro. Negative two points, and then in, comp- in parentheses it says four feelings. So we, I mean, we're we're reasonably certain it's Jason. It wouldn't be anybody else. We it could it wouldn't make sense for it to be unless Polly's name is in there somewhere else that we can't see. But she's definitely in there twice. And that's like that. That's a bit of a head ter- head scratcher there. Mm-hmm. And it's it's easy to miss if you're not looking. Yeah. Um. But uh. You know, Veronica's like, whatever, taking a picture, and we're sending it to Principal Weatherby. And Betty goes, don't these girls deserve real justice? Justice. And she's like... vengeance. And I've got a plan. Betty's got a plan. So we cut back to band practice. Mm -hmm. And they're working on a song, and Melody has had a real rut writing lyrics. Mm -hmm. And so they're trying to figure stuff out. They're spitballing, and Archie throws out an idea. He, he pitches a line, so the girls are like, all right, let's try it. They sing the first bit of the song. And, and they're, they're they're vibing with it, and Archie's just, like, beaming. He's, he's so like, happy that it worked. He's high, basically. And he's just like, I can't believe that worked. That's so awesome. Yeah, so when the girls finish singing the first little bit, they're like, okay. Josie's like, all right, what else you got? And he instantly goes, okay, let's uh, switch the verses. He's like, so, maybe, what if, I was thinking maybe you could invert the third and the second verse. Yeah, so he and we cut away, and and clearly the point is, he's he's got talent, he's, and they recognize, and it. he's in it, he's yeah. in for it. Um, and now we smash cut over to Betty's room, mm-hmm. where she is putting on a lot of makeup. She's doing herself up. Her mom walks in. She goes, "Seduce Scarlet doesn't suit you." <laughs> and Polly says, uh, "It was Polly's. I like it. It makes me feel powerful." And her mom goes, Polly grew up too fast. I don't want that to happen to you. Oh, it's so creepy. And, but it's 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 very intense with it's, it, too. It's, te- it's everything with her mother is very intense. Um, uh, So her mom grabs a makeup wipe. Well, and... she well she was like, you know... Mm-hmm. She talks about Veronica first. No. Oh, okay. After this, she... Oh, was, you're right. She has to make a bite, and she goes, are you coming um, with us to the mayor's shindig? Right. And Betty says, no, I'm going over to Veronica's to study for a test. <laughs> and her mom says something like, you know, uh, Veronica Lodge. As she's saying this... She is very forcefully wiping the makeup, uh, the lipstick, off of Betty's face, and so it's leaving a smear on her. Yeah. Um... And Betty says, Veronica's my friend, and you need to get over it. You need to deal with it, Mom. And Mom just takes that in for a moment. And she takes, she grabs another lipstick, which we can clearly see is CoverGirl. She goes, Pink Perfection. That's your shade. It's more your, it's, it's more, more your you. It's more you. So gross. And neither of those shades are, I, I, that I could find. I did a little Google search, but I cannot find either of those as a CoverGirl shade. Well, well. Doesn't mean they won't be later. Just gotta but... wait for the Riverdale line. No, that's totally gonna happen. <laughs> um, and right after that, we are at the chocolate shop, mm-hmm. and Chuck's, Betty walks Chuck's, in. Chuck's eating, and Betty walks in, and she is scantily clad. She's tarted up. <laughs> she's a little tarted up. Uh, she's got a little cleavage showing, her midriff showing. She's got the. A seduced scarlet lipstick back on. But she's got the ponytail, and so she's very much... She looks like she's trying to look sultry and very seductive. On purpose. On purpose. Which is... That's crazy levels of doing stuff. That You're already innocent. You know you can be dirty, and now you're adding the layer of your innocence on top of the dirty yeah and she she knows what she's doing <laughs> which it's very clear and it's mm-hmm. like hmm that's interesting so she sits down with chuck 
And basically, it's just... She basically propositions him. Well, she, first she says, you know, can I sit? And he's like, not if you're going to talk about Veronica. And she goes, well, sort of. She's like, I've been thinking, I want to be more like her. And he's like, you want to be a bad girl? And she's like, yeah, like your sister Polly was. That Yeah, he goes, like your sister Polly was? And this... This jars her. This this takes her back a little bit because that's not something she's heard of outside of her mother. Right. And he goes, yeah, Jason told us all about her. Prissy Prude by day, freaking the sheets at night. And we hear this like little music sting as she's just sort of staring ahead clearly. And then it cuts off and she's back in the moment. Mm-hmm. So she makes plans with him to meet at Ethel's house because it has a pool and a hot tub. Which he's clearly excited by. Yeah. Well, he's, and he's also, he, she says Ethel's house, and then he's like, oh, no, 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 I'm not doing this. Because her parents will be gone. She'll leave the key. And he's still not buying it until she says hot tub. Yeah. Boys are so easy. He's, God, he's an idiot. Um. So they set that up, and as she's leaving, he says, I'll be gentle, which is so creepy. (laughs) So gross. (sighs) So bad. That's what rapists say. Um, Archie. Now sneaks in home badly. And his dad says, welcome home, Ferris. <laughs> oh, so good. Which is a great line. We love Ferris Bueller's. And ugh, they've already established that dad hears him every time he sneaks out. <laughs> so you would think, you would think that Archie would learn. I need to learn. I need to either figure out how to sneak out so my dad doesn't hear me or I don't need to sneak out anymore because well, I suck. He also runs into Vegas. Like, he trips over Vegas walking in the door. Okay, we had dogs growing up, and they were really shitty watchdogs. (laughs) Like, they would bark anytime the the doorbell rang or anyone showed up, but if they were with my parents, my parents were sleeping, they weren't doing anything. (laughs) So they were really, like, you can come and go, please. (laughs) (laughs) It was great, let me tell you. High school was a special time. But um, we have this really lopsided teenager style argument between him and his dad he and he well so he starts with he's he's begging to be able to go to the taste of riverdale event he's like you can ground me for six months a year i don't care i just want to hear my song get played yeah and he's like i'm not negotiating on your punishment and archie said i mean this is this is a a reasonable argument he's like fine but you have to own it and his dad's like what are you talking about and archie says if i had a football game would you stop me from going no, because you understand and you respect football, which is reasonable. Which is which is f- a fair statement. But we're gonna. But but then there's some there's some reasons behind that, and we can talk about that in a little bit. We get those we get those a little bit. But moreover, his dad makes the perfect point of we're not talking about my. This is about this is about your behavior, behavior, not about me. Yeah, it's it's a good back and forth. Like this this felt like a real conversation. It did. Like a real fight between a parent. Because God bless it, Luke Perry is our new dad. I love him. Um, I'd sleep with that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, not going to mix words about it. Absolutely. Um, anyway, Chuck shows up to Ethel's, and Veronica answers the door. Mm-hmm. Hair completely wet, slicked back, and a swimsuit and heels. Mm-hmm. And so Chuck goes, where's Betty? And Veronica says, we decided that we should stop fighting over Archie and start learning to share. And so this is where we get into the whole weirdness of (laughs) censorship. So Betty comes out and she's got... Whoa, 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 but we're missing the whole line part here of, of what Veronica says, right? Well, you want to get wet? Oh, she says let's get wet. Yeah, yeah. So we we had to say sex stuff earlier, mm-hmm. but now we're talking about getting wet in the hot tub. Well, yeah, they're just they're gonna get in water, so they're gonna get wet. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah, plausible deniability. Whatever. And and so, Veronica is totally grown up sexing it up. But in walks Betty, and even Veronica's like, what the fuck? She is shocked. Betty comes out, and she's got a wig on, a black short-cut wig, and this lacy long-line bra with a skirt and heels. And she says, Betty couldn't make it, so she sent me instead. Who is this? Okay, I'm just going to put this out there. No teenage girl has that type of underwear. No. 
Uh, not unless she's super freaking rich and she has no parents who parents who are not involved in any way, shape, or form. But maybe this plays into something we can talk about later. Could it be Polly's? Perhaps. Could be her mom's. I don't know. But it's messed up. Yeah. It is that is unrealistic an underwear collection for a small town girl. Right. Mm-hmm. Which I don't think is necessarily. I think that's intentional. Oh, absolutely. It's just one of those things. And plays into the story. Totally. But now we cut to Taste of Riverdale. Mm -hmm. All the parents are there. (laughs) This gets real interesting real quick. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Hermione's catering for Pops. Uh, Alice Cooper's getting drunk. (laughs) And uh, as uh, Fred goes over to talk to Hermione real quick and just, you know, how things going. And, you know, she's just like, eh, you know whatever and then miss grundy walks over to get a, a slider mm-hmm. and fred goes wait you're are you are you archie's music teacher miss grundy and she already starts to look nervous mm-hmm. he's and he's like oh can i talk to you for a second and i was like oh god oh, oh god. no oh no it's so bad so meanwhile now we're with the blossoms and mayor mccoy goes to walk over to them and you know just be like i'm so sorry how are you guys holding up and Penelope says, you know, uh, fine, considering you haven't done anything to track down my son's killer. They're clearly just, they're They're, they're upset. They're they're incredibly upset and distraught. Um, So then Alice, (laughs) junkie Alice, comes over and asks Penelope um, if she'd like to um, make a statement. And she gets motherfucking slapped in the face. Slapped hard. What did the five fingers say to the face? (laughs) Yeah. Um... And Penelope says, like, that is, that's for leaking my son's autopsy report. Like, he was tortured and shot and thrown in the and river. She's, like and she's about to garbage. just completely break down. Yeah. And I, I don't think anybody can blame Penelope Blossom in this moment. No. Penelope is a... You can say it. We're explicit tagged. I'm going to save it. <laughs> I'm going to save it. Uh, uh, Besides, got... you get really happy when I say that word. <laughs> you've got choice words. I, yes. Um, but not great word. She's clearly pushing the line way too far. But I think that kind of that, that slap in those words kind of stunned Alice a little bit. She looks kind of like like she's definitely drunk, but a little like rattled. She's rattled, and and in some ways there's a recognition of maybe I went a little too far on that one. Mm-hmm. I think I think I mean Alice seems to have limits to where she will go, mm-hmm. and when she sees a mom truly distraught by the loss of her child. I think she realizes, oh, hoo-hoo. Mm, Even if it's only in her own self-interest. Yeah. Um, so we're upstairs in well, the balcony. No, because of this commotion, Josie starts singing. Oh, right. Josie starts singing, and it's the song. It's the song that, that they were working Archie on. helped. Yeah. So we go up to the balcony, and we see Jughead, and he's sort of poking around, mm-hmm. like Jughead does. And then he looks over, and he's like, is it worth it to come here for the locally sourced cheese? And we look over and it's Archie. And Archie's like, man, I'm just here to hear my song. Mm-hmm. So they listen for a minute and Jughead kind of looks over and is like, it's good writing, man. It's not bad. And then he, he's got to go and he says, I'd love to stay, but I got to go shake down an evil adventure scout. <laughs> and um, Archie stays through the end of the song and he's about to leave, but he sees that no, he no. doesn't see it. Okay, so he's just listening to the song, and we're cutting down then to the cut floor. to Fred. Fred's talking to... Grundy. Grundy. And this is where we get, again, the wonderful Luke Perry moment. This is probably his best moment in this whole thing. It's pretty good. He's asking Grundy, um, does, you know, does my, uh, you know, about this music thing, and Grundy says he has passion, and Fred says, does he have any talent? And Grundy says, yes, he really does. Um, and Fred makes a statement, it's hard to watch your kid chase their dream they may never catch. Oh, so it's, good. Which is good. And, and Grundy says, you know, he is coming late to it, but um, with some hard work he could do it. And Fred says, but can he make a living at it? And Grundy says, it'd be a shame if he didn't try. I mean, this is, this hits home for me in this... some ways because of, of going to school for the arts. It's, it's one of those things where your parents want to encourage the thing that you're talented at and that you're passionate about, but they also want you to be realistic. Yeah, and 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 to and to be fair to Fred, 
he has only known about this music thing for a very small period of time. Everything else that him and his son have discussed has been football and college and business school. We, we have this last little tagline there of Archie's a special kid. Yeah, he asks, you know, what made you take an interest in my my boy? And she creepily says, Archie's a special boy. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Gross. Um, then we get drunk Alice Cooper walks over to uh, Hermione. Hermione. And she goes, oh, Hermione Lodge, Park Avenue, Prin- Park Avenue Princess to Cater Waiter. And without missing a boot beat, uh, Hermione Lodge says, Alice Cooper, no longer lactose intolerant. Oh, that's good. That's a good one. I don't get it. Makes it sound like she's a spitter. Nah. <laughs> anyway. Um, and then and then Alice says, oh, it's a shame about Veronica. And Hermione's just like, what? And she's what like, with the about? slut shaming. That's what they call it when sluts get shamed. <laughs> you got to keep an eye on girls like Veronica. Because, you know, this never happened when they were in high school. Oh, psh. Seriously. So Hermione takes the high road and just walks away and immediately grabs her phone to call Veronica. Mm-hmm. And we cut back to Ethel's and we see the phone ringing with mom on it. And Veronica rejects it. And so she's looking over and Betty has drinks out. She, she and drinks. she's pouring something into one of the drinks. She's opening a pill capsule and Veronica's like, what is that? She has the muscle relaxer. You mix it with booze and hello truth serum. And she's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I think we should slow it down. And Betty turns to Chuck and is like, you don't want to slow it down, Chuck. Do you? Betty's completely turned into somebody else. Yeah, Betty Betty is not home right now. <laughs> Something's going on. And Veronica is totally looking like, what did I get into? She's now Dark Betty. Uh-huh. Like, that is who dark, it is. Dark, dark Betty. Betty. Dark Betty's showed up. We've seen Dark Betty before when she yelled at Cheryl in her bedroom. But this is... This is like... A the, new level. The... Full embodiment of Dark Betty. So we're back at the Taste of Riverdale real quick, and Jughead confronts Dilton. Mm-hmm. And... He's like, I know what you did, you liar and a public menace. You're, you're a, it, you, know, <laughs> you shot a gun and you're a liar and a public menace. It's it's quite... It's it's a little overwrought, even for Jughead. Oh, absolutely. And Dilton, Dilton just says, like, don't tell anybody. Please don't tell anybody. Like, And Jughead just goes, I don't care. You can either tell the sheriff, or you can tell the paper mm-hmm. you pick and walks away so we come back to ethel's house and now the hot tub is boiling and steaming way more than we know and chuck's handcuffed in it and uh betty says are you recording and veronica's got her phone up it's like okay so betty says tell the truth tell the truth chuck what happened and chuck's like we had a good time she had a good time She's like, tell the truth, Chuck. And she starts turning up the heat on the hot tub. It's going to get hotter. Hmm. Yeah. And so basically, like, he finally admits that they they went out, they made out a little bit, and then he dropped her off home, and that was it. Nothing happened. And Veronica says, that's all you had to say, you ass. <laughs> that's all Veronica wants. Mm-hmm. Betty, however, is not satisfied. She's, she's not done talking to Chuck. She's like, now she puts her high heels on his head and starts shoving him under the water. Oh, and Ethel's watching all of this, by the way. And grinning. Oh, she's It's happy. real creepy. This is, yeah, this is... Barb is creeping. Yes, hardcore. Barb creeps. Um, and, uh... <laughs> uh... Dark Betty starts yelling. Well, this is... First she's, she's like, isn't this what you want? Percy? Apologize. Apologize for mm. what you did to Polly. Well, no, no, not yet. She's pushing the head underwater and is like, you, you need to apologize. You need to say you're sorry. And he's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for what I did. And then she says, now for your reward, you're going to get your own sticky maple. And, oh. she pulls out, and she pulls out maple syrup. And this is when she, start, and she starts pouring the maple syrup on his head. And says, apologize. Apologize to Polly for what you did to her, Jason. Mm-hmm. Apologize for what you did to me. Oh, say you're sorry for destroying me. So, first she says apologize to Polly and calls him Jason. Think, then she says, say you're sorry for what you did to me. I think we got some of that a little mixed up, but regardless, she, there's some disassociation going on here. Clearly. Yes. Dark Betty is unhinged. 
at best. At best. And Jason, and Jason's freaking out. Jason, like, Chuck, I'm not. Chuck or, is saying, I'm not Jason. Yeah. I'm not Jason. You're crazy. You're crazy. And Veronica shuts it down. It's just like, okay, Betty, you did it. We did it. We're done. And Betty snaps out. Yeah, she does this actual snap. It's, it's and says, you're right. We're done. Mm-hmm. And that's all we see of that. So it's the next morning. Archie grabs his backpack. He's headed out and he hears some hammering. Mm-hmm. Don't know what's going on. He walks outside and in the garage, Fred is putting up soundproofing. It's just like, if you're grounded, at least you can be productive. And I, I like that his dad is trying to understand and support his son. Yeah. But I feel like this would have been better if his dad had woken him up and been like, all right, come on, you're going to help me out. And they start cleaning out the garage and he makes Archie do the work to soundproof the garage. You know, you should write a letter. I should. You should write a letter. This is where you got it wrong. To them. I felt it was a little too easy. It's almost like his dad is apologizing for punishing his son. Honestly, I almost wonder if that was thrown out in the writer's room and they just didn't have the time to put it in the episode. It's entirely possible. I'm going to cut out some of the staring at Grundy crap. Yeah. Um, Though, Dad, Fred does have the good line of, so I talked with your music teacher, Miss Grundy. They did not look like that in my day, son. And Archie's like, what? Oh, God. God. What did you talk to her about? He goes, you, son. And he's panicking. Well, you, son. And he's freaking out. And then he tells him it was about music. And it's like, (sighs) like, she believes in you. and, And I believe in you, too. So we get to school. Paper publishes the expose, and Veronica's like, "How did you finish this?" But he's like, "Stayed up all night. Couldn't sleep after what happened." And Veronica's just like, "Yeah, um, you know, I'm I'm really thankful he did everything, but um, hey, shit, can we talk about it? Uh, shit got super weird." And B's like, "Chuck deserved it." And B's like, "Um, how far were you gonna take it?" And But he's like, "I don't, I don't know what you're talking talking about." But he's completely avoiding. Yeah, and yeah, these makes it almost like yeah, it was like Doctor Jekyll and Mistress Hyde. She's like, I really don't think it was. And she's like, you you called him Jason and yourself Polly, and Betty's pulling her backpack out of her locker and she closes it pretty quickly and she's like, I I that didn't happen. That didn't happen. Well, but the, so the way she's saying it, and this is again a testament. I feel so bad because I've seen her name a couple of times and I I need Here, to put I'll look it. At it. So, this is a testament to her acting mm-hmm. in that at the same time that she's doing this whole denial routine, in her eyes, and this is such a huge thing, but in her eyes you totally see this thing of nobody can know this inner monologue that's going on. It's Lily Reinhardt. Lily Reinhardt. Thank God. We're, we're going to mention her a lot because the acting's just incredible. She's great. But... In her eyes, you can totally still see all of that stuff that she knows exactly what happened. Okay, and she hasn't been anything that you and I would have seen. But she's totally shoving it as far down as she possibly can. Mm-hmm. And Veronica keeps pushing on it, just like, like, please just talk to me about it. And she shuts the door. She's like, I'm just sick and tired of guys treating people like me and Polly or you like they are. Mm-hmm. And then just walks away. And Veronica kind of looks and just says and then just kind of goes okay mm-hmm. she realizes something's up but uh, whatever like maybe it was just the pressure of the moment maybe it was just you know with Polly and who knows yeah so Jughead starts narrating but as it starts we get his locker zoom in into Betty's locker and yeah. it zooms right into a picture of Betty and Archie and then it pans up, and there's the wig she was wearing, and mm-hmm. hairbrush. So it's like, she has that at school. And Jughead's repeating the same lines as before. Yeah. Life, death, death, guilt, innocence. Yeah. And, um, but he gives us the, the sort of end narration again. He said, you know, the, the dust had, when the dust settled, Weatherby still had to have a... Sacrificial lamb. lamb. For our avenging angels. Yeah. And um, um, Hermione negotiates down everything Mm -hmm. and looks over and is sitting there talking with Betty and Veronica and looks at Veronica and says next time what'd she say? She says next time uh, come to me first don't take matters into your own hand hand mija so we we 
get a moment there, we're like, oh, they are Hispanic or Latinx. They're Latin. So, um, but we the fallout is that the coach, in order to save his job, in order to, in order to save anything, has to cut Chuck and the goon squad from the football team. And we've got this hallway sequence where all the girls have their phones out and the flashes are going off like it's flash bulbs. Mm-hmm. And the four, it's Ethel, Cheryl, Betty and Veronica staring them all down as they walk away. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, you know, Jughead said nobody knew it then, but that was going to be... It was going to have terrible consequences in the weeks to come. But they walk outside the hall and Ethel is you know just she's happy and super thankful and betty says no thank you for coming forward ethel mugs and then cheryl was hashtag justice for ethel which is funny because of stranger things it was hashtag justice for barb and there's still a chance barb might come back guys we're still holding out hope oh shush um but uh jughead brings up the final line of that day betty and veronica or b and v were forged maybe forever Mm mm-hmm and then we're outside, and Betty's bringing the playbook to a trash can and dumps a little bit of lighter fluid in there, and Cheryl lights the lighter and throws it in and just says, you know... Um, Whoever killed Jason hurt him. And um, maybe Jason hurt other people. And maybe he hurt Polly, and I'm sorry. And Betty doesn't say anything. She just looks in the fire. Mm-hmm. Archie goes in and thinks Grundy... Talk to my dad. Can we restart lessons? Does this mean we can start up our lessons again? They start lingering, talking to each other. Oh, it's so gross. Uh... And we get the more important thing is that Dilton is in the offices of the Blue and Gold. And it's just like, if you tell anybody about the gun, I'll get kicked out of the Adventure Scouts. It'll be a misdemeanor on my record. So what if I have a better story? And they're like... What do you got? What you got? And he says, Mrs. Grundy's car was there. I saw it. And Jughead says, despite our recent issues, I would have done anything to protect Archie. Um, But Dilton Doily opened Pandora's box and nothing I or anyone else could do could save him. And as he's saying that, Archie and Grundy are making out. They're they're making out at school. So, yeah. So bad. It is really bad. Like, and, and... At certain points, it's laughable bad, but it's getting to the point where it's like, this is gross. <laughs> Legitimately not fun to watch. Hmm. Not well, enough I, to not watch the show, no, but... we don't like their scenes together because she seems so horrible in them. I know. If she wasn't... If, if she wasn't acting that way, then we wouldn't care. If she wasn't acting it like but this an show actual is, romance. This show is very bingeable. If I was if I wasn't trying to make sure I wasn't spoiled on future stuff, I would I would just keep going. So let's throw out some some weird ideas here because mm-hmm. we have this whole poly break or this this whole break. Mm-hmm. I've got my my way out there idea is that what if Betty is Polly? No, that's not possible. Okay, because we know Polly was an actual person. Right. Because if she was Polly previously, people have been like, uh, okay, it's like it'd be a whole town lie. But is Betty embodying Polly? Yes, I think this is something has something closer to um, multiple personalities, which is DID. Dissociative identity disorder, yes. maybe. Yes. We'll look. We need to look that up to be sure we've got the I, right it's, term. It's yeah, it's dissociative identity disorder. Well, I and I I do believe that things like that you can have that triggered by trauma. Yes. As opposed to like it's multiple personality I think is an actual trait they thing. don't use multiple personality disorder anymore oh, that's fair. it's in, they, it's dissociated yeah, yeah it's that instead but because um, I remember lots of talking about that with Mr. Robot but I think that is a more likely scenario that something has happened to Betty where she has taken on her sister's personality. And the other idea that, that I float out there, I know you've got the theory of, you know, it's it's Betty's dad. What if it was Polly who killed Jason? That would make sense, but I also think that given the fact that Betty knows nothing about Polly. Right. She really doesn't. All she knows is what her mom told her, and we know her mom is psychotic. I feel like Polly's not in, like, a group home. Polly's probably in a mental institution, um, 
like in a straitjacket. Well, I'm wondering if or, no, I, or she, neither of those are or true. Or she got pregnant and she ran away to have the baby and that's where Jason was trying to go. Or Polly just ran away and got away. I mean, maybe it wasn't even a baby. She was just trying to get away with Jason. So there's 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 definite possibilities. Maybe. They're they're not giving us enough to get some real concrete theories it's, going. It's episode three, so. but they're they're giving us little nibbles there to to start looking at. So yeah, man, it's another episode down. Cool. It's good stuff. That's it for this episode. Please take a moment to review and rate us on iTunes. And for questions and comments, drop us an email at macintoshandmod at gmail.com.